0: It started off for about two years where I was managing it, you know, 6 to 12. And it went on then that I was taking 24, 24, 24 every day. Now that's a clip from one of two men we heard from yesterday who've recovered from codeine addiction. Our reporter Josh Crosby met with Noel and Robbie to hear about their personal experiences. Well today, uh, Josh is with me to talk about the regulations in place for over-the-counter medications and what the medical experts think might be the best way forward. Uh, Josh, good morning. Good morning, Pat. First of all, how easy is it to buy these products and uh, are the rules or advice uh, being enforced?
1: Well, it's a mixed bag out there. so, So the latest regulations for products containing codeine came into force when the Pharmaceutical Society of Ireland published guidance in 2010 it states that medicines should only be supplied to a patient when the pharmacist assesses in their professional opinion that this type of product is necessary and only when non-opioid pain relief like your paracetamol aspirin or ibuprofen has not proven sufficient to relieve the patient's symptoms now information about the correct dose duration of use of the product and the longer term impact and risk of dependency are to be given to the customer And the guidance also covers the display of products, so they should be stored in an area under the direct control of the pharmacist and not available for self-selection. Mm. OK,
0: now that's guidance um, it's yes. not the law really so um, is is the guidance being followed by pharmacists?
1: So when it comes to the adherence of this from my own experience it varies I set off around Dublin City Centre and in the space of around 8 minutes including queuing times I bought 60 Nurofen Plus tablets now there's nothing illegal with that we're entitled to buy the products if we wish but but it was just to test the waters to see how accessible these tablets are So, OK, where are you interrogated? so this is where I'm going to tell you now how I got on so the first pharmacy I went into the first person that I went up to the counter asked me were they for me if I was taking another medication what type of pain it's for have I used regular pain relief and then lastly reminded me not to take them for more than three days in a row so all in all that's pretty good Yeah, yeah. Four, four questions and a reminder of the risks I wasn't asked what size packet of tablets I wanted but I was given the 24 box now a good level of questions were asked but however the transaction was over and out in, in 44 seconds on to the next pharmacy which is around only around the corner and I was asked if they were for myself what type of pain was it for and that I'm not on any other medication so while the woman was scanning likewise at the previous pharmacy she reminded me not to take them for longer than three days so I was over and out there walking out in thirty-three seconds, and again, I was given the twenty-four box, but a reasonable standard of questionings, to mm-hmm. be fair. I'm, I'm impressed with the speed of these transactions. It <laughs> yes, wouldn't, yes, uh, no, very be good.
0: my experience in a pharmacy usually it takes a bit longer than that. Yes, anyway, so
1: apart from the queuing, no, once I got to the counter, it was over and out. But lastly, the third pharmacy, I went up to the counter, asked for neworphin an plus, and the woman behind went straight back to get the box. She asked me, "Are they for myself?" And I haven't tried them before. I was over and out in thirty-five seconds. This time now, I was given a twelve-tablet box, but these were. All bought in eight minutes in a 280 meters radius of one another, just literally dotting from shop to shop. And I know it's a small sample size, but one would assume that the experiences would be fairly similar in other pharmacies.
0: Yeah. Now, the, the one thing you'd caution is that if people were going regularly to the same pharmacy, um, or three or four pharmacies to get a stash of this stuff, the pharmacies would begin to recognise yes. them and they would have to probably go further and further afield. And
1: that's what we heard Noel talk about yesterday, that you do travel, you end up travelling from town to town. So, You could stack up quite a few tablets by the end of the day. We heard Professor Colin O'Gary yesterday talk about how it would not be uncommon to meet people on 70 tablets a day. But I also spoke with Dr Austin O'Carroll who's been working in the area of addiction for quite some time and he started off by telling me a story which
2: has stayed with him. A sad case which I always feel very bad about was when I first started in general practice I inherited a particular patient who had been on a particular medication that was part codeine, part paracetamol and she'd been on it for years and over these instances you would continue with the medication she would come in every three months looking for a prescription for it so I continued it and then she stopped coming then around a year later this man arrives in and he tells me he's the husband of this woman and that very sadly that woman had been going to several doctors getting this drug and had died and so I felt really bad obviously you know I don't do that now but you know, this is the type of uh, result that can happen. So I'm obviously very aware and alert to codeine addiction as a result of my own experiences.
1: With the work that you do and the knowledge you have of the area, what would you like to see being done to decrease the number of people that fall into a cycle of addiction to codeine?
2: There's a number of things you need to do. First of all, you really need to control the dispensing of medication with codeine in it. Now, one thing we don't have in Ireland, and in, in other countries they have what's called every patient has a unique identifier. What happens is if you go to one pharmacy, a pharmacist can check on the system and find out if you're on the same medication in other pharmacies. You can check with your GP to see what medication you have from your GP and in the hospital. So I, as a GP, can check with the pharmacies. So it really cuts down the ability of people to go to several pharmacies. Problem with codeine is that if someone comes in to me and I give them codeine instead of what they're taking, so I can give pure codeine, which means they're not taking the paracetamol, the dangerous. But the problem is when I am monitoring this, I don't know if they're topping up with paracetamol, sulpidine or Tilex or whatever it is outside there. So it's to make people aware there are treatments there. And those treatments, once they get on the methadone, get off the codeine, they can come off the methadone and then they're back to normal. Both restrictions, being aware there are treatments and being aware that when people are taking lots of codeine, get them to see someone.
0: Now, that's Dr. Austin O'Carroll, who works uh, with uh, Homeless and Addiction Services. Now, interesting point uh, by uh, Austin O'Carroll there on those specific health identifiers because hmm. I mean they'll probably tell you slant
1: care it'll come with slant <laughs> care slant care but what is the department saying? Well I did get in touch with the Department of Health while I started doing these reports as Minister Donnelly has previously said that he asked the HSE and the department to review how the guidelines around the sale of these products are applied now the latest from the Department of Health is that there are no plans to link the sale of medicines to individual health identifier numbers I was also on the HPRA the Health Products Regulatory Authority and it has commenced a formal regulatory procedure to determine the appropriate method of sale for codeine medicines. This began in quarter two of last year and a spokesperson at the HPRA says the timescale for this review is dependent on the availability of information from external sources. Now this leads me on to who will take a clip from next. So for those who have researched codeine misuse and abuse in Ireland, they've struggled to source accurate figures when it comes to the amount of codeine being sold. Dr Michelle Foley is the research integrity officer at the Southeast Technological University and Dr Foley worked on an EU project examining codeine use across Ireland, the UK and South Africa. But one of the main issues Dr. Foley and her team found was the lack of available evidence. Now, this is down to a range of factors. As the products are over the counter, they're protected I suppose under commercial law and do not have to reveal how much of these tablets are actually sold then because a lot of the products are being stocked up in warehouses it's difficult to find the amount of actual stock in Ireland and then when it comes to the patients themselves Dr Foley told me unless someone enters a level 2 addiction service it will not be recorded and if someone goes into A&E with um, a gastric injury or or something from the excessive use of codeine it'll be noted down as that uh, basically the end result and not the codeine Mm. addiction. Dr Michelle Foley started Off by telling me how online shopping is not only influencing the point of sales data but also the rules around displaying these products.
3: The advertising of codeine is prohibited, okay, in Ireland and has been for quite some time for over a decade. Now, that's okay, I suppose, if you didn't have things like social media, you know, in the north of Ireland, it can be displayed. Now, I suppose, in terms of the regulation itself, there are very, very clear regulations. So within that, I suppose, what needs to be looked at is what is the definition of the supervision of a pharmacist? And I think that is probably where I suppose is a grey area. I think in relation to, I suppose, the guidelines when they were implemented first, it does certainly make it more difficult for people to obtain and that they have to ask these questions. But it has perhaps become a bit complacent and a box ticking exercise as a result.
1: Some pharmacists might argue that they're under pressure and there could be a queue and the qualified pharmacist is dealing with another customer. And
3: Absolutely. You would question then why sell it if that is the case, if they feel that they can't stand over the sale of it and, you know, they have a responsibility. Like, I suppose, like, in terms of the question about code And this question comes up a lot, like should it remain like an over-the-counter product or, you know, should it not? And I suppose the bigger question is for both over-the-counter codeine and prescribed codeine, if it is actually an effective drug for what it is indicated for. And that is the bigger debate that needs to happen.
0: Mm, It's interesting there because we have a shortage of GPs Mm. and people find that they're waiting for maybe days, if not weeks for an appointment. So if people have, you know, particular kinds of pain where they need these uh, products or have uh, found them to be useful, having to go to a GP to get a prescription is going to and, extra, know, cost and well. extra cost and extra cost is going to harass the GP even more anyway that was Dr Michelle Foley from the Southeast
1: Technological University now those people working in pharmacies what are they saying well firstly Pat the company behind New Orphan Plus is Rekit benkeiser I-, I asked it what warnings are in place about excessive use and if it was satisfied with the requirements here in Ireland and you can see here on this box I have in my hand it does say prolonged regular use can lead to addiction but Record responded saying consumer safety and responsible use are its top priorities, Neurofen Plus is indicated for short-term pain relief only as stated on all packaging and information leaflets. But for those who are selling these products to the customers and potentially to people who are addicted to them, I wanted to see what they think of the current guidance. So I started off by asking the President of the Irish Pharmacy Union, Dermot Toomey, why some customers will experience variations of adherence to the rules.
4: The Irish Pharmaceutical Union were very aware of the impact and seriousness of codeine dependency and abuse, and it's very important that all the public health measures that are in place are in place and that our members work towards them. We're confident that community pharmacists have the skill set and the judgment to exercise whether it's appropriate to make a sale or not. There may be multifactorial issues at play, however, the guidelines are very clear. They come from the Pharmaceutical Society and we and our members and our team have to follow them. As an organisation, the IPU is working closely with our members and other stakeholders to try and improve the guidelines to make it, I suppose, easier to use in practice, but also to make it easier for the members of the public who actually want the medicine and are using it appropriately for short term use. So I think it's important that I suppose the guidelines are, are proportionate and appropriate.
1: And do you think the guidelines are appropriate? Or Are pharmacists happy? Or what could be done to, I suppose, make it a uniform system of selling and
4: supplying? I, I suppose ultimately, as an organisation, we're working with our members to help improve the steps involved and improve how we work with the guidelines. But, you know, there has been talk about maybe some codeine medicines moving to prescription only. We would feel that that, that would be a disproportionate response. I think it's very important that we strike a right balance between asking too many questions whereby member of the public feels that they're not being trusted and they're under attack from the pharmacist while at the same time asking appropriate questions to see is the product suitable for them so I think that is always the key and one of the things I and my members would say to our front of the shop staff is that it's very important that the pharmacist is aware that a sale is taking place Now, that's the president of the Irish Pharmacy Union, Dermot Toomey. Now, Josh, as you told us, you
0: went out yourself to buy the products containing codeine. You managed to pick up 60 in just eight minutes. Um, What are other consumers out there? Do they think the rules and guidance are uh, enforced sufficiently?
1: Well, Pat, I suppose because the guidance around these products has evolved in recent enough years, and if you go over the border up north, the rules are different again, this has kind of led to mixed views on how strict the regulations should be around codeine. It seems like more and more countries are moving to prescription-based sales with these tablets but you heard the IPU there saying this would be a disproportionate response but then yesterday listeners will have heard from Noel and Robbie who were addicted to this medication and they would like to see more prescriptions. I asked the Pharmaceutical Society of Ireland which is responsible for the regulation of pharmacists and pharmacies what penalties there are for members who continue to disregard the guidance and how many inspections have been carried out recently to, to ensure the criteria is being adhered to and the PSAI says it recently undertook a special surveyor basically a, a mystery shopper ex- exercise to assess the compliance with the guidance on the safe supply of non-prescription coding. They went to various pharmacy types, urban and rural locations. It says it carries out these exercises periodically and it intends to publish the findings. It goes on to say if any concerns may arise following a specialist mystery shopper exercise, it engages directly with the pharmacy to seek assurances on the actions that they that they will ensure okay, future... so c-
0: a wrap on the knuckles, in other words. Uh, if the mystery shopper discovers that they can get it easily, too easily, without the appropriate interrogation, they get. It
1: the seems they'll be told there and then look you need to, to straighten up. Yeah. Um, but to get a feel from the general public on this I took to the streets of Dublin to find out what people think of the, the rules around codeine products. No I think you can buy them too easily. I would say they should be restricted yes. I really do because I, I hear people going from chemist to chemist and it's unfortunate they're addicted to it it's, it's uh, yeah I think they should be more restricted maybe on a prescription based only yeah or I suppose that would be difficult enough because you pay for the prescription you know what I mean but I don't know how they would work but there shouldn't be any guidance and restrictions because there isn't there in other countries so why treat us different but some people are saying look people can become easily addicted and the access to being able to walk into a chemist off the side of the street is too much it's no it, no it, no. Why? Well, just because a chemist I mean just I don't see the point in that and I know they could be addictive but then there's always lots of things that are addictive and you know there, there's no restriction on going and buying whiskey is there you know you're not told the side yeah. effects when you're, no, no 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 usually yes although some people don't they just give it to you we could help with getting more guidance on the dependency of codeine if you take it for too long. So what do you think now, when you go to a pharmacy, is the guidance being enforced enough, do you think?
3: Um, yeah, no, I think it's, it's doing really well, and I think for something like, like a stronger medication, rather than paying 60 euros for a doctor, if your is very good, it's great just to go in and get something over the counter.
1: Yeah, so it's fine the way it is anyway, you're right. Well,
3: I, from what I can see, you know, I don't have any other issues with it, but from where I'm standing, I think it's good.
0: All right. Uh, it's uh, interesting to hear the mixed reflections there of people on the street and um, the people on the streets of Dublin. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in the report, you can contact the HSE's National Drug Treatment Centre on O1. 01- 6488600 okay oh one six four eight eight six hundred. 600 uh, and it's interesting you know these products are quite legal at the moment uh, and you wonder how many times when a compulsive gambler goes into a betting shop are they asked four questions before they can place a bet or into an off licence for a bottle of hooch uh, how many questions are you asked other than are you over 18